the only time that you've ever randomly sent me mm-hmm. that kind of a message. Like there was no reason for you to be praying for me that Do you day. want to know what I was doing? Yeah. What I never doing? told you I was doing. I was literally on my knees cleaning a toilet. <laughs> <laughs> it's really holy and very glorious. And God, but Ani, yes, I'm telling you. toilet is in the story. <laughs> It's what we always wanted to say toilet during a podcast. Principal ship. Welcome to the Learn By Doing podcast. I'm your host, Sue Brooks. And today I have a very special guest, Ani Brooks. Hey, Ani. Hey, Sue. So, Ani, we have the same last name. What's up with that? I know. It's a pretty cool last name, isn't it? It is. (laughs) We both had it for about 16. I've had it for 16 years and you're coming up. 15 and a half. Yes. Yep. This was actually discussed in the previous podcast. I got to interview your husband, Clayton. So that means we are sisters-in-law. And it's yes. so fun that I have a sister-in-law. I grew up with them because um, I have brothers, but then I got to marry into having a real fun one too. So Aww, I like having thank you as my you, sister-in-law. Yeah. Yes. I know you, you keep me rolling laughing all the time. Okay. So. Listen, you are super affirmative. I love, <laughs> you have a good laugh. There are some people whose laughs I just adore. So Aww. Pastor Kate Guajardo, yep. great laugh. Um, and then you... And then Joey Alcala, Pastor Joey's really affirming Aww. in his laugh. So <laughs> he's, um, he's got a good laugh too. Yeah. Yes. It's fun to make you laugh because you have such a good laugh. Well, so. it's it's funny. So people tell me I have a great sense of humor, but what they don't realize is I, I cannot make jokes. I'm not <laughs> I am not good at making jokes, but I just find other people's jokes really funny. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm really good at laughing at yours and yeah. making you feel affirmed. But yeah. yeah, do not count on me to come up with the joke. Right. Well, but you are really funny. <laughs> oh, okay. And yeah, oh, well, no, well, they're keep telling me. Yeah, no, seriously, <laughs> it's really fun. You come up with some really cool things. And I think it comes through expression. I just remember you doing something really funny in front of my girls one time. We were on a shopping trip. We were at Bed Bath and Beyond, and they you will felt, not let me live this down. I know because it was the best. You killed us. It was the best. What was it? Some exercise I was just, machine? I was and you dancing <laughs> with a back rubbing machine thing that looked really interesting. <laughs> yes. And it looked like you needed to make some special moves to even be able to use it. Yes. <laughs> so you took yeah. it upon yourself, as you should have, to in the middle of the aisle at Bed Bath & Beyond do that dance. Do that thing. Of course. Yes, of course. And Why your not? nieces <laughs> thought you were so funny. Actually, awesome. speaking of your nieces... I asked um, one of them if I could ask you a question from from them. Okay. So, okay. Be yeah. Before I get into that, though, let's talk mm-hmm. about this. I've actually asked a few ch- children, preteens, teens, because mm-hmm. you have a background in working with them. So let's yeah. start there first before okay. we go into the questions. Ani Brooks, let's start in your college years. Let's just start there. Hmm. We can always go back earlier if you want. Um, you studied education yeah yes okay education was my major okay why um good question so i uh, when i first started i went to southwestern assemblies of god university and i chose that school because it was a ministry school and i really felt 
like I was going to be a missionary uh, specifically to China. And I remember going in and sitting down with the counselors and advisors trying to put my schedule together and, and figure out my major. And they asked me what I wanted to do. And I said, well, I want to be a missionary. And they said, do you know where? I said, China. And they said, okay. They said, we advise you, if you're going to go into a place like China, to get more than just a ministry degree. Because a lot of countries like that are going to be completely closed off to you coming in as a missionary or a pastor. Right. And so they said, have you ever considered education? And uh, that made perfect sense to me because I've always loved kids, um, had worked in the kids ministry department um, ever since I was 13 and moved out of the kids ministry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, just always around kids, love to teach. And so it just seemed like a, an easy thing to do. So I signed up as an education major and went that route. Yes. And so are you just here on a trip from like, visiting from China from China <laughs> is that uh, where your home is <laughs> right that that was my plan that's how it was all going to work out in my mind but God um, has a sense of humor himself mm-hmm. and uh, no I actually did get to spend one summer in China after my freshman year of college I went wow. over there and taught taught English to Chinese students and it was an amazing experience loved every moment of it um, and have not been back to China since yeah and I wish I could say college was just two years ago but mm-hmm. it was a lot longer than that. <laughs> I don't even know. I, I graduated in 2004. So mm-hmm. what was that, 15 hey, years ago? I don't do higher math, Ani. Come on. <laughs> just keep talking. You figure it out. No, just yes. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I think I did the math right. We'll, we'll see. You did. Well, you yeah. graduated in 04. Yeah. 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 And it's 2019. Yeah. yeah. So 15 yeah. years. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did teach math, Yay! but it was elementary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was a while ago. Uh-huh. Yeah, and you've yeah. but you've and you've been once, and sometimes mm-hmm. their plans play out differently than. Yeah, you know they they really do, um, and that's one thing I've always tried to encourage young people in when I know that they're in that season of trying to figure out what they're going to do with the rest of their life. And I think the honest truth is is that none of us really know what mm-hmm. we're going to do with the rest of our life. And um, God doesn't reveal that picture to us all at once. And so it's okay to have plans and have dreams. And sometimes it does work out exactly like that. Um, and other times it, it doesn't. And I, uh, for me, I actually had a really profound moment with all of that because um, it I was coming up on my senior year at college and Clayton and I had dated all throughout college Mm -hmm. and we were at that season of our life where we knew, okay, we're either going to get married, tie the knot and seal the deal, or we've gone as far as we can go just as boyfriend and girlfriend. So we're either saying, hey, this, we need to go separate ways mm-hmm. or we're committing ourselves to each other for the rest of our lives. And we, you know, we were having some tension and one of those tension factors for me was the fact that he did not feel called to be a missionary. Um, that was not something that um, he was opposed to. He knew that if God called him, he would obey and he mm-hmm. would do that, but he, he didn't feel that call. And he wanted to pursue worship ministry and, um, and do something in the local church here in the States. And I was wrestling with that because I thought, you know, I can't give up the call of God on my life for mm-hmm. a person. And uh, so we, we decided to take a break. We fasted and prayed. 
and we didn't tell anybody that we were on a break. Uh, you know, yeah. to everybody else, they thought you know Clayton and Ani are still boyfriend and girlfriend, doing great. And uh, but we just me and Clayton knew we weren't going to date. We weren't going to call each other on the phone. We were just going to put some space there and mm-hmm. just hear from God. And so during that time, I actually got to go on a trip to Phoenix, Arizona with one of my good friends, and it was spring break, and we were staying at her aunt's lake house, and it was gorgeous and peaceful, and I just knew it was going to be a moment for me and God to just, you know, for him to speak to me and for me to hear clearly my direction from him. Well, I had taken a book on a trip with me like I always do. You always Mm -hmm. need a good book. Yeah. And uh, this one was written by... Um, Ruth Bell Graham, which is Billy Graham's wife. Yeah. And it was her just personal story. And I was reading in it, and I, I can remember clearly I was sitting under uh, a space heater as early in the morning, and um, it, it wasn't hot yet in Phoenix. And I was uh, sitting out there by the lake and reading Ruth's book, and she was telling about um, uh, the time in her life when she was in college. And she felt called to be a missionary to China. Wow. <laughs> it's like, wow. Exactly. This is on your fast during this, your break. Yes. Or fasting and praying, you're taking a break. Yes. Wow. And wow. she felt specific to Tibet, which was a, a part of China at Can the time. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Is that why you, did you know that when you brought the book? Did you no. know her story? Okay. No. No clue that I this just is her knew, story. Uh, someone had given me her book. And so it wasn't even something that I had like, oh, I can't wait to read this book. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was a gift someone had given me. And I thought, hmm, this would be interesting. So I took it with me on, on the trip. Had no idea about her story wow. or anything. So I'm reading this and she was in college and she was, uh, yeah, she she felt called to be a missionary to China, but she was dating Billy Graham, who did not feel called to be a missionary <laughs> to China. And I'm reading this going, what in the world? Like this is oddly wow, perfect yeah. for, for me to be reading this right now. And um, she talked about that struggle and how, you know, she was going back and forth with, you know, do I need to... Uh, marry this man or do I need to stay true to my my calling and she said that she felt God speak to her and tell her that it was more important who she became than what she did mm-hmm. because what we do can look different you know we're, we're always called to love God and love people mm-hmm. we're always called to make disciples but how we go about doing that and what we do specifically to do that is going to look different and it and it can constantly look different in your life and um, but she felt she knew that it was more important who she became and that who you marry has a huge influence on yeah, who you become that's the truth yes and so um she she just felt a peace mm-hmm. that it was okay that she was supposed to to marry billy graham so she married him well when she's writing this book it's years later and she said in the book she said looking back um she said tibet and all of china closed its doors to outside missionaries just a few years later so she would have had she chosen that route she would have been forced out of china anyway she Mm -hmm. wouldn't have even been able to be there and then she said and i would have missed out on a lifetime of being married to the most amazing man i've ever known and i was reading that and I'm sitting in this chair and I'm like, okay, God, you could not have made that any clearer to me. And I just, you know, cried and, and I knew um, God made it so clear to me because he knew what a struggle that was for me. He knew my heart was to please him, mm-hmm. but he knew I was in love with a boy mm-hmm. uh, uh, and a, a man that he wanted me to be with. And he was telling me, no, it, it's okay. It's okay. 
um, I want you to marry Clayton. It's going to influence who you become. And that's way more important to me than what you do. And I will always have a place for you to minister and to do uh, wherever you are. And so, um, yeah, 15 and a half years later, after marrying Clayton, um, I can say the same thing that Ruth Bell Graham said that day, Mm -hmm. which is just, you know, um, I'm so thankful for the decision that I made. Being married to him has been amazing. And I have never lacked for opportunity to love God, Mm -hmm. love people, and make disciples. So no regrets. Yeah. Yeah. That's powerful. I walked a similar journey. Yeah. I don't know if I walked as gracefully, but I walked a, a similar journey. And you didn't I, see me in every moment, Sue. Oh, yeah. We, we didn't know each other then. That's true. That would have been fun, though. That would have been um, fun. Yeah. So, no, Brian and I, I knew that there, there was a, I had said that I was, wasn't going to marry pastor, that I loved Jesus very much, and I'd, I'd happily go on the mission field, but not a local pastor. Um which once you're on the mission field, you're then local. So I don't know how that, <laughs> I know there's a unique challenge, but I yes. don't know. Somehow and so what was brain. it about a local pastor that you did not want? It was a false perception mm-hmm. because of a relationship that I had been in. Yeah. Okay. And it sounded like the most boring nine to five, because that's, I think mm-hmm. what maybe he thought it was. Yeah. So I just let a previous relationship shape what that was. Got Actually, it. not even my experience with watching my own pastors which is funny because it it shows you how blinded and um tunnel vision you can be in relationships sometimes um this is just a a word of wisdom or maybe even warning to young people out there you can forget so many other things that are important because i'd never any pastor i had as a kid was incredible i would have mm-hmm. that you know um they weren't boring nine to five people there was <laughs> evangelism yeah. and overcoming and all this kind of stuff yeah that's what it was but I met, and I, I had a, a plan to, I, I had done research and presentation, psychological um, in the psych department and empirical research, and I really loved it. I loved children as well. So mm-hmm. I really thought I was going to travel and do that. Um, and then, but I met Brian and it's yeah. the same. It, it was, it was your eternity matters more mm-hmm. and who Brian is and what can come of your relationship is so much more important than yeah within your own desires. So yeah, I think that's probably a lot of young people face that same thing yeah. and have got to have eternity in mind and where, where they're going to be yeah. uh, spiritually speaking down the road. Yeah. And, you know, and I would even say too, you know, it's what you do is important, but I think uh, what you do is really an overflow of who you are. And mm-hmm. so I think that's why the focusing on who you're becoming is more important because the the doing should just be a natural fruit. Yes. It's just the natural overflow of who you are. Yeah. And uh, and so you just have to know that's going to take care of itself. That's true. Yeah. That's true. And when you th- I think too about, you know, faith without works is dead. Mm-hmm. No, we can't earn our salvation, but my goodness, wouldn't that naturally overflow the works that you do, exactly. the things that you do? But yeah, they're an overflow of the heart. So that makes so mm-hmm. much sense. And it's fun talking to someone else who who's lived that. And yeah. so, um, yeah, so that's where you, you ended up and you ended up in the education world here yes. as a teacher yes. yeah, in life schools. Yeah. Life school. Yeah. Yep. So I taught third grade for my first two years and then moved uh, to second grade and helped open the Lancaster campus in its first year, fun. which was a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, I, I had a great time teaching and, um, it was so fun getting to form a little family in the classroom with your kids yeah, yeah with Aww, the kids yeah. so 
just building those relationships with the students, building the relationships with the parents, and building relationships with the other teachers. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, one of the most uh, exciting stories out of all of that came from um, one of the years that I taught. We were we had a friend on our team who was not a believer. Her and her husband um, had you know, didn't go to church and spent most of their time out partying, drinking. And um, but every day at lunch, she would sit and she would listen to me and my other friend who was a Christian, and we had been friends for a long time. She would sit and just listen to us talk about God in our lives. You know, mm-hmm. it was just a natural. Uh, conversation because he's just a major part of our lives and um, throughout the year she would just start asking questions and you know wanted to know more it was a whole year process but by the end of the year she gave her life to Christ come on oh it was amazing she started coming to the Oaks Um, then we started praying for her husband because he Mm -hmm. took him a little while longer to kind of get on board but he ended up coming giving his life to the Lord uh, she got so on fire for God, like uh, more passionate than than even I was. I mean, she started challenging me and my own passion level, and she wanted to start a small group, not just go to a small group. She wanted to start one. Mm-hmm. And so um, she uh, challenged me to leave the group we were in, start a new one. And we ended up leading that group for 10 years wow. and seeing um, so many babies born in, into those families yeah. in that group. Um, went on a missions trip with her, and she has just continued to do so many amazing things for God. And um, yeah, it's just no matter what kind of job you have, there is always mm-hmm. opportunity to to minister and to um, show people Jesus and, and to help them come into a fullness and relationship with him. Yes, that's yeah. a great story. I love yeah. hearing that. Wow. Um, and what a good friend that you are to oh. encourage her through that and walk with her through that and pray for her husband and yeah well I mean it's, and everything it's the biggest honor in the world yeah right really. to, to show someone Jesus because it's it's what's changed our lives and yes. to be able to give that gift to someone else and, and see them receive it you know mm-hmm. not not everybody's ready to receive it you know it comes later but when you see someone receive it and it changes their life I mean that's mm-hmm. the greatest feeling in the world yeah yeah it is yeah so well, then you ended up becoming an assistant principal. Yes. yes. After uh, that, was it after that time or during that Yeah, time? no, it was after that time, yeah. but um, yeah, at the Lancaster campus. So I began working on my um, master's degree mm-hmm. for educational leadership and um, earned my principalship. Uh, it is mm-hmm. called principalship, actually. Oh, it is? <laughs> so listeners, in case you're wondering why she said that, we were talking before the podcast and I was telling my team, I, I, Ani earned her degree and... I don't remember what it's called, but I think it was the master's in principalship. And so I said earlier, I said, Ani, I wanted to say principalship. Is that a thing? Okay, so it is principalship. I like saying that Yes, the term for the degree is educational leadership, but Mm -hmm. the the certification is your principalship certification. So yes, I I can have a principalship. Yay! (laughs) Um, But yes, anyway, um, I, I served as assistant principal with Life School at the Lancaster campus. And um, yeah, that was really my first experience in true leadership and mm-hmm. um, really working with a lot of different personalities, um, teams, you know, from, uh, you know, kindergarten through third grade on the campus. And uh, man, I learned so much in that year. Yeah. So much. And mostly from making mistakes. <laughs> I was going to say, was it good? Was it challenging? Oh, uh, it was usually so growth really hurts and stinks. 
It does. Well, and you know <laughs> and what, what's funny later. is I, because I was really blessed to be raised in a youth group with Pastor Scott as my youth pastor. Mm-hmm. And so from a very young age, from the time I was 16 years old, I was reading John Maxwell books and listening to all kinds of different cassette tapes on, wow. on leadership. Yes, for cassettes. Yes. <laughs> Yay for audio cassettes. And you yes. had to like stop, rewind, stop, fast yes. forward to get to the place that you wanted to get to. It took forever. Um, but yeah, no, I, um, I listened to so many different leadership trainings and it's so by the time I was an assistant principal, I don't remember exactly how old I was, um, probably 26, 27, something like that. By that time, I mean a decade of learning about leadership. Mm -hmm. So I felt like an expert. I really did. I walked into that job thinking, I'm an expert already on leadership. I know everything there is to know. Everybody's going to love me. They're all going to follow me without a problem. Like I am going to kill this thing. Mm-hmm. And um, people did not love me. <laughs> I, hate I, that. I had I had some people that did. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then there but were if they other don't people. All, then what's the point? Exactly. No, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, I I realized that. Um, you know, just because you have all the book knowledge, mm. uh, until you've walked it and you've lived out some experiences and you've made some mistakes, uh, you don't you don't really you don't know what you don't know mm-hmm. <laughs> until you get in there and do it. So, um, yeah, it was uh, it was kind of a little bit of an identity crisis for me midway through my first year as an assistant principal. Because I just remember coming to this moment with God where I realized I'm not as great as I thought I was mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to, to leadership. But it was uh, it was a good moment. It was a humbling moment and, and a chance for me to really learn what I needed to learn, not get defeated by it, but realize, okay, you know, I, I do have a lot of knowledge and now I just get to start putting some of this to work into use and um, and yeah so many of the things that I learned that year have shaped the kind of leader that I am today so I, I definitely wouldn't trade all those mistakes uh, mm-hmm. they they've helped me learn a lot more than any of those books that I read probably did yeah yeah, yeah. so during that time were there ever moments where you thought I I think I might have made a mistake or I am not cut out for the job. Maybe I shouldn't be in this position. Should I look somewhere else? Or did you even think, I just really want to be in China right now? What is happening? <laughs> <laughs> there have definitely been moments that escaping to China sounds like a great answer yeah. to my problems. <laughs> um, but no, not not seriously. Um, I've uh, you know, I mean, definitely that first year when I was an assistant principal, I definitely questioned if that was what I was supposed to be doing mm-hmm. just because I seemed to be failing at it. Uh, but, you know, when you, you stick with something, you realize that um, you can always grow. You can grow past your mistakes. You can continue to learn. And so, the, you know, running away from it is never the answer. My, my yeah. dad gave me great advice once. Because uh, I, I, I was in another job in another position and that was really uncomfortable for me for a number of reasons. And I really just wanted to exit that door as fast as I could. And my dad said to me that, uh, and he, he is a successful businessman uh, with Fidelity Investments. Uh, he stayed with that company for over 20 years. Mm-hmm. And he told me, he said, I've learned that you, you never run away from something. Uh, you should always run to something. He said, so if God opens another door, then yeah, run to it. But mm-hmm. if you're just running away from something, 
that that's not that's not a good reason to move. Yeah. And uh, and when I followed that advice that in that one season, I'm so glad I did because sure enough, a little while later, God opened a door. And had I left earlier, I don't know that that door would have been open to me later. And wow. so, and that door was something to run to. And that door was something of, to run yeah, to exactly. Yeah. And I just saw that that wisdom play out in front of me. Wow, what yeah. great advice from your dad. Yeah, he's a great man. Yeah, a lot of people really. I think I have not met anyone who does not like your dad. He's got a great reputation. Yeah, Jack so. Morning, he's yeah. a good man. Yes. Yeah. Well, I I think this is really important. It's really key what you said. Well, first of all, what he said, but then you also mm-hmm. sticking it out because there there is this concept of grace lifting. We hear that a mm-hmm. lot, you know, um, and our students are hearing that in, in the Oaks School of Leadership. They hear that a lot. Staff hears it. And who knows, maybe culturally, this is something that's pretty widespread. We talk about grace lifting. If the grace leaves, go find the grace. Mm-hmm. And um, which is wise, um, but there are it's often misunderstood by yeah. younger people who haven't who haven't um, experienced a whole lot yeah. in, in life. And so that's a tough one. Sometimes things will get hard and they mm-hmm. think, oh, the grace is lifting and it's time I for me to go. go. Yeah. But that's not always the case. And I think that tempering that with we're not mm-hmm. running away from something running to something yeah no that's that's right and you know the the one that I was talking about just a minute ago was the transition so I I had moved up in life school to um, being central office uh, Mm -hmm. where I was the professional development coordinator so I was coordinating trainings for teachers and Mm -hmm. and principals and um, different staff members and um, the last year I mean it was a whole entire year Sue where I felt the grace lifting and you know after a while I was fed up with feeling that way and that's when I was having that conversation with God going okay God this this just doesn't feel right anymore and I want you to open the next thing well he wasn't Mm -hmm. you know but but God has it is irritating (laughs) why doesn't he listen to us (laughs) and I um yeah I mean I was really frustrated and I was at the point where I was going, you know, I've sat here for too long and I think I just need to to go um, quit. I need to go turn in my uh, resignation and then just find the next thing. Mm-hmm. And that was when my dad gave me that advice. And I actually, what's funny, Sue, you were a part of the story and I don't, I, I think you you know this. Mm-hmm. I, can't, I don't know if you remember or not, but I went into my boss's office that day. You sent me a text earlier that day yes, that I said, Ani, I'm praying for you. God just put you on my heart today. The only time that you've ever randomly sent me mm-hmm. that kind of a message, like there was no reason for you to be praying for me that day. Do you day. want to know what I was doing? Yeah. What I never doing? told you I was doing, I was literally on my knees gleaning a toilet. <laughs> It's really holy and very glorious. And God, but Ani, yes, I'm telling you, it's in the story. <laughs> it's what we always wanted to say toilet during a podcast. Principalship. Oh. <laughs> I was, I was cleaning and it just so overwhelmed. <laughs> I realized it may sound like oh really gosh. you're associating me with a toilet. Okay, but I'm just saying on. it was such a random thing. I have to say something real quick. Yeah, though. go ahead. So God gave me a vision involving toilet paper <gasps> when I was in high school that has been like the vision for my life. <laughs> <laughs> so God, God he likes, likes you. To- yeah. He likes to speak to me through toilets. <laughs> I'm gonna have to share this vision. 
transition in a minute. Yeah, but yeah. first, finish that's your... That's great. I want to hear it for sure. No, that's... Honestly, we are laughing so hard, but how gracious of God. God. <laughs> to be so consistent. <laughs> Seriously, he was waiting okay. for me to finally get down and clean the toilet. <laughs> and he put you on my heart. Okay, It was so really what? strong. Yeah. It was yeah. really strong. And I knew this is God. This is not mm-hmm. just me because I'm just doing something yeah. random. Yeah. And I thought, I have to tell her. Because sometimes you yeah. pray for someone and there's not, there's not really a prompting to say, let that person know. You yeah. just do it. But in this case, I thought, Ani needs to know yeah. that she's being prayed for right now. Yeah. Yeah. So go. So yeah, go ahead. So you were in the office. Yeah, so I was in the office and I actually went into my boss's office to resign and God stopped it. Like wow. I went in to resign and then he had intervened already by uh, through a conversation that my boss had had with another staff member. And they were already talking about some switching some things around for me. I ended up kind of going to a different department and it, it ended up being a no we're going to put this on hold like so i i walked mm-hmm. out of there and said okay never mind i don't resign <laughs> and just uh, just kidding <laughs> and really what it was is god i god had already put it on my heart this feeling that transition was coming god is good to us to do that so i i still sensed transition was coming but it was like god was saying it's not time you just you need to be patient and I think it's so important that you you leave places well, you know, that you don't right. just leave in a time of, of heated frustration. Uh, you, a lot of times when the grace is lifting, you, you are going to feel frustrated and mm-hmm. not because the the people that you're working with are are frustrating or because they're they're bad or they you know, they're no longer focused on the mission that God has for them because none of that was true for life school that mm-hmm. they're wonderful people every single one of them focused on on the mission that God has put in front of them it was just God was preparing my heart for a move mm-hmm. and uh, and it why I had to go through it for a year before something happened I don't know but I do know that the timing of where I'm at now is perfect and uh, and I'm and now I'm working for John Houston Custom Homes and the job that I'm I'm doing director of talent management is not something that I ever thought would be on my radar yeah. but um, but seeing how God has connected it and what I'm currently doing there is so perfect for me and so perfect for for the company right now and only God could see that and knew the timing of when the company was going to be ready to hire me mm-hmm. and you know it's just in, in hindsight, the timing is perfect. But um, had I left out of frustration with um, with life school, I think I would have burned some bridges with relationships there that um, that I I didn't have to burn. And instead, when I left, it was a very peaceful, good thing, and and everybody was happy for me to leave because I was going to do something. I was running to something, mm-hmm. right? Instead of running away from something. And being able to gift life school with that rather than just a, well, why is Ani leaving? You know, mm-hmm. and uh, well, she's frustrated. Well, why is Ani frustrated? You know, like uh, instead of having to do it that way, when the truth is my frustration wasn't with them. It was right. with this feeling that God was moving me and not knowing you know, where, where that was, Mm -hmm. if if all that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, pastor Connie was on here just a a couple weeks ago Mm -hmm. and she, she talked about something similar. And in that, 
that frustration that you can feel when you know it's time to go or, or it's coming, it's approaching. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes we forget that there's another preparation that yeah. needs to take place and it's not us and it's not our families. It's where we're going. Yeah, exactly. It's getting them ready. So that's neat. Exactly. You're affirming that. Yeah. Yeah. That's really great. Well, <clears throat> Ani, everybody's dying to know now. Oh, Tell us your toilet, toilet paper story. <laughs> we, we must know. Um, oh my gosh, I love this vision. It's it, it encompasses God's sense of humor and at the same time such uh, profound wisdom in, in the vision as well. So I was in high school and I was really struggling. So I had moved from Kentucky to Texas when I was a junior in high school. And in Kentucky, I went to a much smaller church with a much smaller youth group. And the youth pastor uh, was really great at encouraging me to get up and speak in front of my peers, and I could uh, even preach on Wednesday nights in the youth group if if I wanted. And he gave me lots of those opportunities. But uh, when I moved to Texas, it was a I, we started coming to the Oaks again, and I, I said again because my family is from Texas, so we grew up at the Oaks, then moved to Kentucky, okay, then moved back. It. So when when we moved back, we were moving back to our home church, and. When, uh, you know, it was Oak Cliff Assembly of God at the time, it was a much bigger church than my church in Kentucky, much bigger youth group. And um, even though Pastor Scott was also extremely encouraging and in, in, in letting me use my gifts, there just wasn't nearly as much opportunity. And I was really struggling with that. And I remember going down to the altar and praying and just asking God, you know, what what is my purpose? What you know, I, I, I know you've given me this gift, but I'm not able to use it the way that I want to. And so uh, I'm, you know, having this conversation with God down there at the altar. And then I had this vision of me in a field and God handed me a roll of toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> and I loved that roll of toilet paper. It was so fun. And I was throwing it up in the air and I was twirling it around and I'm dancing, probably making moves like I did in Bed Bath & Beyond that <laughs> <Yeah>. day. <laughs> and just having so much fun. And then all of a sudden uh, I realized I was out of the roll and I was all like tangled up in it, like trapped mm-hmm. in it. So it it was all wrapped around me to where I couldn't even free my arms. And so all of a sudden I, I realized what I had done with it. And then I was looking around for help. All of a sudden I, God wasn't standing right next to me like he, he was when he handed me the gift. And so I start looking around for him and then I see him standing off just looking at me, like with his hands on his hips, just like, are you, are you done with it now? <laughs> you know. And, uh, and so I'm like, yes, I'm done and I need your help. I'm stuck. So he came over to me, you know, smiling lovingly, came over and helped me get out of, of the mess I had created. And then um, then I held my hands out for more. I was like, okay, give me another one, mm-hmm. you know. And, and this time he wouldn't give it to me. And, you know, I kept holding it out. I said, but but I want it. It's so fun and it's so great. You know, give it to me. And, and he, he said, not yet. He said, um, just walk with me. So, uh, so we just start walking. Well, after a while, I just forgot about the gift. You know, I wasn't even thinking about toilet paper anymore. And um, we were just walking and just talking. It was just, just me and God. Well, then um, after a while, he handed me a new role. He said, okay. He said, you can hold on to one now. Well, this time um, I wasn't all caught up in 
the the roll of toilet paper I just held on to it I said oh thank you and I just held it and we just continued our path like nothing had stopped so we just continued walking just continued talking you know laughing living living our lives well then he stopped me after a while and he turned me around and I turned around sorry I'm gonna get emotional because I just think now so many years later um he turned me around and I, I looked back and behind me the, the, to- the roll of toilet paper had just so neatly unraveled and as we walked and it had laid out this perfect beautiful pattern that I could mm. not have created on my own wow. but it was as I just walked with God and just lived with him the gift just unraveled and laid out exactly the way it was supposed to and what's so funny is you know when i was 16 or 17 when i got that vision i i knew what god was telling me i knew he was saying don't focus on the gift focus on your relationship with me i'll give you the gift again when it's time and it will just take place but i was seeing it on the front end And so like when I say I get emotional now, it's because now I'm 37 Mm -hmm. and I can see how that has absolutely played out. And, um, you know, and and he's not done with me yet. I know Mm -hmm. it's, you know, when when I go to heaven and I, I see him face to face, and then we have this moment where then he can show me what he has seen Mm because there's a lot more that he's seen that I don't even know. Like I don't even know all the things that I've been able to say and share in different messages I've given. I don't know what that's done in people's lives Mm -hmm. and in their hearts. I know some, but not all. But I know when I get to heaven, he's going to turn me around. I'm going to see what he sees, what he has seen this whole time. And I just know. I just know it's going to be this perfect, beautiful, laid out pattern. And it will have happened just as an overflow Mm -hmm. of my relationship with him. And, And that's not just my vision that that's a vision for all of us, Mm -hmm. right? That if we will all just focus on being with him and our relationship with him, the doing and the gifts he gives us, it will just overflow into a perfect pattern uh, that, that he's creating. My goodness. Yeah. That is amazing. So God speaks through toilets in my life. (laughs) (laughs) It is so fun. I know it's so profound and funny. Yes. So yeah. wait, was that a vision or was it a dream? No, it was a vision. It was, I was down wow. at the altar and I just, it was like, and you know, I mean, it took me so long to explain it, but when it's in your mind, it happens, it, it's happened so fast. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, probably had that vision in a matter of a minute, mm-hmm. you know, but it, um, yeah, it, I just, I just saw it just unfold very yeah. quickly in my mind. Wow. Yeah. I've noticed you've, you've shared a couple dreams and a couple visions and that mm-hmm. is how God, God does speak to you like that. It's, it's, yeah. it's really neat to experience that and then to acknowledge that in our mm-hmm. faith as believers, he will speak to us in those ways. Yeah. And, um, really toilet paper, that's not something you can make up. <laughs> no. <laughs> so like, why would you? No. Yeah. That's really yeah. powerful, Ani. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. God is good. Yes. Now, you also were children's pastor. Yes, I've done a lot of things. You have done a lot. (laughs) Hey, I'm going to take, actually, I'm going to take a minute here. Last Mm -hmm. podcast, I referenced, um, if you were listening, listeners, you may have caught me say the name Micaiah a couple times. So, Ani, you and I are not the only ones in this room. No. We also have Micaiah. He's our resource manager for the Oak School of Leadership, and he is running sound, and he's keeping us track on Mm -hmm. time and um 
taking notes if we need them, prompting and stuff like that. If we laugh too loud, he'll turn down our <laughs> volume. <laughs> but um, what's so fun, and yeah. now I, I'm bringing him up for a reason. First to say, hey, Micaiah. Also, thank Hi, you. Hi, Micaiah. <laughs> and you've done a lot of things, right? So when Micaiah yeah. came on board with us here in this specific department, mm-hmm. um, we would I would talk to him about things, and he'd say, oh, yeah, well, no, I worked with Creative, and oh, yeah, mm-hmm. I worked with Powerhouse, and he's, oh, yeah, I worked he's with done kids. a little bit of everything, yes. too. <laughs> yes, and so have you, and so I thought, Surely have your paths crossed then at the Oaks, have they? Oh, yeah. Have you worked? T- of course. Yeah, of, <laughs> of course, course they have. Okay. So yeah. in what? Micaiah, what year did you come? 2012 is when Micaiah okay. came. Yeah. No, so he, your, your paths crossed in as you were a kids pastor then? He came in my, my last year. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yes, I, I was pregnant with Asher, my third Yay. son. And so yeah. I ended up resigning after that because it was just too much for my mommy brain to handle yeah, at the time yeah but um but yeah yeah Micaiah came in working with um the kids internship uh yeah I remember him helping with the programming piece of it yeah so yeah. I love how connected this all is that's yeah. really great when God gives us these experiences that we may not have ex- not have um expected yeah that often your paths will cross with other people yeah and then years down the road they're crossing again yeah and just his divine weaving and yeah i'm Mm -hmm. i'm even picturing i don't know the pattern that you saw but a lot of times he weaves things together and um it does it makes this beautiful pattern and so yeah that's so great okay so you were a kids pastor here yes um i actually so we're going to turn back to the questions that Mm -hmm. i have so some of the some of the kids actually that oh, you've worked with yeah. texted me questions. So, um, yeah. Okay. So let's see. This is a really deep question. Oh, we're going to start off with a deep one. Huh? Yeah. It's from Ellie. Oh, who's I your feel, favorite niece? I feel like this may not be that deep. <laughs> oh, it is. Hear, did you hear what I just said? No, I didn't hear. Her what question said. is who's your favorite niece? <laughs> <laughs> and you were right. It's not that. <laughs> oh, Ellie, she asked me this every time I see her. Oh, man. And she knows the answer is whoever I'm looking at at the moment, that's who I'm going to answer. So me, so, so I right am now Sue? Sue is my favorite, <laughs> favorite niece. <laughs> so there you go, Ellie. There you go, Ellie. That's it's a creative Sue. answer, whoever I'm looking yeah, at at the time. Yeah. Yeah, that. so it's you. Okay. Or it could also be Josh Miranda. Cause, cause <laughs> he's, he's on the picture behind you. <laughs> so, guys, I have a picture behind me of Josh Miranda. He he works with youth, and it's the funniest picture. So yeah, come it's... up and visit us sometime. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so I had to get the funny one out of the way. Um, yes. Okay, so um, your friend Bella has a good question. Oh, Bella. And, yes. And it's that um, knowing the high calling that you have over your life, what led you to step away from church ministry? So, sorry, we've just brought you on, but now we're having you step away. But um, what what led you to step away from church ministry and kids' pastorship? And then did it seem like you were stepping further away from God's calling on your life during that season? Did it feel like that from, yeah. for you because what a you weren't in the ministry? great question. Yes. Is this Bella Parker or Bella Alston, I mean? Oh, this is... Um, this is Bella Nieves. Bella Nieves. Hi, Bella. Um, What a great question, Bella. Yes. No, the reason um, that I stepped away at that time, like I had just alluded to earlier, was really to focus on being a mom at the time. So High calling. Yes. Very very high high calling. calling. Yes. 
and I have three boys, which now are 11, 8, and 6. But at the time that I stepped away, I was pregnant with Asher, the youngest. And yeah, like I said, I, I knew I had a two-year-old at home and a five-year-old at home, and then was about to bring in a, a third baby. And I just knew that the, um, the amount of time and energy that it took to be a full-time kids pastor at the Oaks would take me away from being the mom that I was supposed to be in that season of life, especially. Having little ones at home requires a lot of energy and a lot of focus. And Clayton, you know, is still full-time worship pastor at the church. And uh, we always joked that any event that the church had, you knew they were going to want music and they were going to want childcare. Yes, <laughs> so it was it's like, true. Not like, a joke. Yes. <laughs> so if you looked at our calendar, I mean, Clayton oh. and I just, it was just filled with, with church activities and events and, and different things that we were doing, which we loved. Mm-hmm. But I also knew that I didn't want my family to suffer for that. And I didn't want to constantly be finding babysitters or putting them on grandparents. And I wanted to be there for them. And I know that um, those foundational years with with your children are so key and so important. And ultimately, you know, I mean, Clayton and I talk about this a lot. While we're called to make disciples wherever we go, inside your own home is where you you have the greatest opportunity to make disciples. And um, knowing that if we pour into Connor, Caden, and Asher the way that we're supposed to and the way that they they deserve that those three can go out and be world changers and they can Mm -hmm. go you know make disciples wherever they go into in the world and so um yeah that was just um i knew that was my focus i knew that's what god wanted me to do and um it was a good restful time for me too just to to focus on on my family during that season mm-hmm. and um, so I, I did that for uh, I, I did some part-time work on the side and was um, home uh, full-time for a while and then part-time altogether for about three years before I ended up um, taking the job with John Houston Wow yeah that's a great answer and that is that's um, I think great for for young families to know that it is your, it's not that you're stepping away from God's calling. You're stepping right into it. Yeah, that's it right. It just looks a little bit different. That's and right. it is such an, I, you know, as a mom myself, I can say that, that, yeah, no, that is no one else can do your job. Yeah. You know, that's right. Things happen sometimes, but God and God's grace will cover that. Mm-hmm. But if, if you can, and if he's calling you to, yeah, that is, I mean, we're always obviously called but I'm speaking in, in practical terms, if you can, if you're able to yeah. be home. Not all moms are able to do that. Maybe right. you're a single mom. But yes, if he's calling you to do that, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. And you're right. Um, the impact that your boys are going to have because you took that mm-hmm. that time, and you always are. I know that you're always doing that. Is going to be amazing. Yeah. It's part of the it's part of the toilet paper pattern. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> okay. Um, this is a little bit. This is a, a little bit related to. Mm-hmm. This is from Grace, and she said, "How was the transition from becoming a kids pastor then to leaving a kids pastor? What did it feel like for you to do yeah, that?" Yeah, that's another great question too. Um, you know, in a lot of ways, um, I, I welcomed the transition because I was bringing home a newborn infant, and so my, I was easily distracted by being, you know, mom again. 
But um, but there are parts of it that were hard too. I think anytime you have worked really hard at something and you've put a lot of energy into something and then you have to turn around and hand it over to someone else, uh, it, it, that that's challenging. So, uh, you know, the kids ministry was very important to me for those three years that, that I served as kids pastor. And we changed a lot of things and, and did a lot. Micaiah was part of it, so he, he knows. And we, um, you know, when it was time for me to go, I, I had to turn that over to Joey Alcala, who, by the way, is a fantastic kids pastor. He mm-hmm. has done an amazing job with it. Just continue to take it to greater places. But, um, you know, but that first transition, it, it's a little tough, you know, and, and there were certain things that Pastor Joey uh, wanted to do differently. And, you know, I at first I had to kind of bite my tongue and, you know, oh, don't don't change yeah, that because you work so don't hard. Do that. I work yeah. so hard to put that in place. You know, don't don't change that. But, um, you know, but overall, I knew that God was taking me home i knew that he was asking joey to, to your to, physical home yes that sounded oh, like oh, death that <laughs> <laughs> just sounded like death that did sound like death <laughs> thanks for correcting me You're he was not taking me to heaven <laughs> which is a great he place was taking me to midlothian <laughs> texas where my yes. house is yeah. <laughs> yeah so he took me home to be with my kids um <laughs> To, I love to my, you so much. You're so great. <laughs> you you are too soon. <laughs> no, I can't focus and concentrate. Um, okay, so I yes, I knew that he had that season for me to be at home with my kids, and I knew that he had called Joey to be the kids pastor, and I I knew that I just had to trust that um, you know there, there's no sacred method mm-hmm. and that Joey's heart and and what he was called to do was absolutely right on in line with with God and of course methods are going to look different and, and things are going to change and and that's okay and it, and it doesn't erase the foundation that I laid uh, yeah. you know so yeah. it um, but yeah so that, that it, it was it was hard you know stepping away from from that um, but now uh, gosh I'm just so proud and excited of, of where it is today. Mm-hmm. And, and I didn't step away from it completely. I think that's important, you know, to, to note too, just because uh, I wasn't the leader anymore doesn't mean that I can't still serve it and support it. In fact, I feel like Joey needed that from me more than, than anything. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if I had just stepped away from it completely and, and left him all on his own and I knew how hard that job is and, and the support you need that that wouldn't have been good for for Joey and and not for me either and so uh, no I, I continue to work with Joey in, in doing the the leadership group with um, which Grace was part of that yeah. Grace was part of yeah. Epic Core as what we called it at the time and or Epic Lead and then we changed it to Epic Core but continuing to work with some of those kids and and build leadership principles and in, inside of them that was. Uh, yeah, something that I continue to do, and, and I still work with the kids' ministry to this day. Yes, you so, do. Yeah. I have some girls who serve with you yes. on some Sundays. Yeah, that's yeah, always so fun, fun, Ani, that they can serve with their aunts. Oh, yes, I, just love it so I love it too. Yes. With my, my favorite nieces. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your plural nieces. You, can you look at both of them at the same time? Can you move your eyes like <laughs> once on Ellie, once on Ava? <laughs> yes. Oh, Mia has a great question for you. This is a 
this truly is a question. Actually, all these questions, whether you're young or old or in between, these are great questions. So Mia says, how do you know it's God's voice and purpose mm. leading you where you are right now? Oh, that's so good, yes. Mia. Um, well, you know, like we talked about, God does speak to me a lot of times through visions and dreams. And actually the job that I have right now, God used a dream to confirm it to me. So, um, yeah, I can share a little bit about that dream and then I'll, I'll come back around her, her question a little bit more, but, um, yeah, I, I was in that season where I knew a transition was coming, but was just patiently waiting for God to, to take me to the new place. And one day I, I had just gotten feisty in my spirit. I was like, God, I'm tired of waiting. Mm -hmm. And we were at church on a Sunday morning. So I went down to the front uh, at the end of service where the elders come forward if you need prayer. And I, I had one of the ladies just pray with me. I said, you know, I just know God's doing something, but he has not revealed it yet. And I just, I just want to pray that I will know exactly what it is and that it, it will happen soon. Mm -hmm. So we, we prayed and she said, you know, I felt like God's going to do something this week. Well, that night God gave me the dream. And um, basically I, I gave birth to, to a baby that I didn't know I was pregnant with in the dream. Mm -hmm. And there were no labor pains. The baby just came out super fast. And I was holding the baby in my arms and I said, I didn't even know I wanted this, but this is exactly what I wanted. And uh, God confirmed to me that the next thing that, you know, giving birth to a baby often means a new transition, a new, new season of life. And, and I knew God was confirming to me, that, okay, this new season is coming and it's going to come fast and quick and without any pain. And you're going to look at it and go, I didn't even know I wanted this, but this is exactly what I wanted. And I just, I, I just had faith. Like I just knew God had spoken to me the very next week. I ran into John Houston and Tracy at uh, Babes in Cedar Hill. Oh, if you <laughs> live in this area, the Dallas area, you have got to go to Babes. Babes is amazing. Actually, if you Fried live here, chicken. yeah, I was gonna say you've probably been to Babes if you live yeah. here. If you come through, you must. Yeah, and, and every single side they serve is amazing. If you're a vegetarian, don't. Yeah, that's true. But if you eat chicken, do. Do it. Yeah. Do okay, it. Okay, so you do, do it. it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, it, so you ran into them at Babe. Yes. So um, ran into them at Babes, and they were hiring for a training manager, which is a lot of the same stuff I was doing for life school at the time. It was just a God conversation, how it all came about. And the next day, I, I met with them at their office, did an interview, and, and they offered the me. The next day? Yeah, the very next day. Wow. And they, they offered me the job that day. I mean, it was it was like the dream. It was quick. It was fast. It was painless. And I saw how God had been preparing it all along. I mm -hmm. just didn't know. Um, kind of like giving birth to a baby where yeah. it's like the gestation period is nine months. I just didn't know I was pregnant wow. in the dream, you know. Yeah. And um, God had been preparing it all along. And, um, and yeah, it wasn't something I would have known to go seek out for myself. It wasn't something I knew that I would want. But God knew, and mm -hmm. and I've been in the role now for two and a half years, and it's been exactly what I've wanted. I, it's been so much fun, and I see how God's using me all the time. So, so God can speak through visions and dreams, Mia, and then He also sometimes it's just um, inside my heart or in, inside my head. I just I just know 
uh, it's the right thing to do, or um, you know, I, I just have a peace inside. And I think you know, the Holy Spirit always gives us peace when it's right, um, and when it, when it's not right. You, you feel it. You feel it in your gut, just an unsettling, like, mm, I just I just don't know that I'm supposed to to do this. And, um, you know, and the Bible is always the go-to to, to right. match it up with. So if you feel like you're supposed to do something and the Bible tells you not to do that, then <laughs> then yeah. it's not the Holy Spirit. But the, the more... Uh, the more you hear from his voice, the the more you recognize it, you know it, and and it's just easier to to confirm. Yeah. Well, I love that he speaks to you in dreams and visions and, and other confirmations, and that the these girls have asked these questions mm-hmm. because God speaks to them. Yeah. Girls, if you're listening, anyone listening, young, uh, young or old who are listening, God speaks to you in that way. And, um, and he says that he will pour out a spirit and, yeah. and, and there are going to be dreams and visions. So he can talk to you in that same way. And, th- and this is a great time for you to start paying attention and, and talking to mom and dad about that. They'll help you walk yeah. through it. Um, yeah. And, an exciting and let thing. me say too, so you can ask God to give you a dream or vision yes. if there's something specific yeah. you need an answer to. And, and it doesn't mean that he always will or the exact night that you ask for it, but um, but if you ask him, he, he wants to speak to you. So we we actually walked Connor, our oldest son, through that when he had to make a decision whether or not um, to keep going to life school or to attend the um, the public school, uh, Mountain Peak Elementary in, in Midlothian. And so this is whenever I was transitioning out of life school and going to work for John Houston Homes. Uh, we, we gave him that option because we wanted him to stay at life school. If that's where he wanted to be. And uh, but we also knew it'd be more convenient for us mm-hmm. if he was in the neighborhood school yeah. since I wasn't going to be at life school anymore. But we didn't want to make that decision for him. We wanted him to to make it. And we, we knew that was a great opportunity to teach Connor how me and Clayton make decisions, uh, mm-hmm. life decisions that we pray about it. We give God an opportunity to speak. And if we don't hear him speaking, then we just make the decision that we're comfortable with. And and so we, we walked Connor through that process. And, um, and so Connor, um, you know, he actually prayed and asked God to give him a dream. He said, God, will you give me a dream mm-hmm. to, to let me know where I should go? And, um, and it didn't happen that night, but a couple nights later, he had a dream. And he shared it with me and Clayton. And he said, Mom, he said, I had a dream last night that um, me and Caden, which Caden is his little brother, and Caden was starting kindergarten that year. Mm-hmm. And he said, I had a dream that me and Caden were holding hands and we were walking into Mountain Peak Elementary. And he said, That's, that was it. That was my whole dream. And I said, okay. I said, well, do you feel like that was from God? And he said, I do. And I said, does that mean you want to go to Mountain Peak? And he said, yeah, I do. And um, and looking back, it has just, that school has been such a blessing. They've got some of their best friends are, are from, from that school and from that group. And so, um, and you know, Connor was only in third grade mm-hmm. at that time. And so uh, God will so speak like nine, to you. Like that's like an eight, nine-year-old, wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're nine, right. nine, turning yeah. ten, eight, well, eight, turning nine. Eight, yeah, eight, 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 turning nine. <laughs> it was at the end it's of third you grade. It it's whatever you want it to be. <laughs> it was at the end of third grade. Yeah, so yeah, yeah he was so nine years a, old. Yeah, young, nine years a old. young guy getting a dream from God. Yeah, because he asked him to. Because he asked him to. You, yeah. God wants to speak to you. He wants yeah. to give you um, things, especially important decisions like that. Those yes. are important decisions where you go to school because it's 
you know, who, who your friends are going to be and, and, and all of that. And, um, and again, you know, I, I say that, um, again, I, I want to speak very, very positively of life school. Connor loved life school. We, we love the teachers there. This was not a, there was nothing wrong with that. It's just where does God want you, yes. right? So yep. um, God has places for all of us, just like um, there are a million amazing churches all over the world, mm-hmm. you know, right now. God wants us at the Oaks and that's where we want to be. We want to be where he wants us. And um, so anyway, just want to throw that yeah, out there yeah. too. I, <laughs> I truly love life school yes. and would go work for them again uh, if, if that's where God opened the door. You know, mm-hmm. it's just mm-hmm. being where God wants you to be is the key. Yeah, this area is a really healthy area. You know, yeah. Ryan and I came from the D.C. Nor- or Northern Virginia really is where we mm-hmm. were. He was in D.C. but and then we lived in Northern Virginia. And I got to tell you that this is a very healthy area. So yeah. it, it's true. I mean, there's not a bad choice. Yeah, one school really, or the other. Yeah. I mean, you're you're not going to go wrong unless it's outside of God's plan for yes, you. Yeah. Yes. And so that he sought the Lord. I love that you taught him. I think as parents that that is part of our job is to yeah. teach our children how to do how to this. make decisions yeah. using God and his, his voice in yes. the process. Yeah. yeah. And at that young age, it's so wonderful. Well, Ava had a question for you and it is, um, what was your favorite part about being a kid's pastor? Mm-hmm. Having Ava in the children's ministry. Oh, that's right. <laughs> um, no, I, I did love having my my nieces and nephews in, in the kids' ministry. That was one of my favorite parts, honestly, and my, my own children as well. Um, you know, I think probably my absolute favorite thing was just getting to teach on Sunday morning. Um, that yes. That is the gift I feel that God has, has given me, and I love standing in front of of a room of kids and being able to capture their attention and teach them truths that matter you know it's one thing to to teach math and teach reading and social Mm -hmm. studies and and all that stuff that that's fun too and important as well but getting to teach them the word of god and making that come alive and teaching them things like how to hear the voice of god and and how to to serve him what that looks like um, there, there's nothing more fun than mm-hmm. that and it, or more rewarding than that. And then to hear kids when they're older come back and tell you something that you taught or said and they've always remembered it, oh, that is just, that's the greatest thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I love it. You are, you are very good. Uh, it's good that you're passionate about it and that you're good at it. <laughs> Sometimes we're passionate <laughs> about things and we're not very good at them, but you are an incredible Aww, speaker. Thank you. So I've seen you speak to children. And I've seen you speak to women, um, mm-hmm. exclusively women, and then to to men and women. And every time I'm like, how did she just make me cry? <laughs> so your passion for the yeah. Lord, Ani, is so strong and it just spills out from oh, you. you and so, yeah, just know that, yeah, you're right. Like God has given you that, that gift. And anytime that you've been able to use it um, on a public platform, it has just been unbelievable. And so yeah. I can't imagine what your your conversations in an office mm-hmm. or just running into you it's fun running into the at the grocery store and that we, we live in the same city but just fr- other friends yeah. of yours too who who run into you and yeah what a blessing you are to Aww, other people thank you sue i feel the You're same welcome. way about you thank you <laughs> <laughs> okay so you you have had several opportunities to speak publicly you know at the mm-hmm. church and things like that um, I wish I could see you more because I think it's so amazing. Of course, Aww. you know, God's timing. Um, you have a husband who was um, 
listeners would have probably just listened to him the week before that this is yeah. being published. He's seen all the time. And he is and he is seen for his giftings and he mm-hmm. is seen for um, ushering people into the presence of God. So this deep spiritual thing that's taking place. And I know you've talked about this before about um, because he's seen so often, he's yeah. often being then recognized. Um, whereas and you as his spouse, what does that feel like sometimes yeah. for you? Yeah, that's great. Well, yeah, and, and before I answer that, let me just go ahead and take this opportunity and say um, I absolutely am Clayton's biggest fan. Mm-hmm. And, you know, getting to, to see the up-close um, journey that he's been on and how God has continued to, to grow him and use his giftings has been a delight. And, and I love that we have a piano in our home and that as he's writing music, he's just always at the piano playing and recording things. And it doesn't matter if our kids are screaming at each other in the background. He, he's going to play. He, oh, he's going to play and he's going to record. Because <laughs> if he's got an idea in his mind, he doesn't want to oh, lose yeah, it. Yeah. So, um, and I, I love that that sound is, is in our mm, home a lot yeah. and that it's just, uh, it's just a very worshipful home. Um, so I feel blessed beyond measure that, that I'm married to Clayton and get to see God's work at hand in, in his life every day. Uh, or I should say God's hand at work in his life every day. (laughs) Said that wrong. Um, So, but yes, I think especially early on in our marriage, that was um, a big issue for me was that, um, you know, he was already leading worship uh, every week at church before we got married. And then a little while after we were married, he became the full-time worship pastor for the Oaks. And if you've heard Clayton, if you've heard him play and heard him sing, you know he has the most amazing voice ever and just just has a very uh, anointed spirit about him mm-hmm. when, when he plays. And so people really appreciate um, not just the sound of his voice, but they appreciate his um, his ability to usher you into God's presence mm-hmm. very easily. And so people um, were not shy to tell him that, which is amazing. That's the way it should be. You know, pe- people would come up to him almost uh, on a weekly basis and tell him how good worship was, how much they love him, how much they appreciate him. Well, early on in, in, in our marriage, that was hard for me. And it, it's not now I can thankfully say that. Um, but but then it was hard for me because I think, you know, being in your young 20s, you're still trying to establish your own self-worth, right? right? What, yeah. what, what do I bring to the world? And what, what makes me valuable and significant to the world? And, um, and then new to marriage. So also new to this whole thing that my identity is now tied to someone else's identity and that I'm not completely my own Mm -hmm. anymore. And so trying to, um, figure that all out, um, created a lot of frustration inside of me. So I, I felt like, uh, you know, and then I was also in a season where my gifts were not being used like they are today. I, I did not have opportunity to to speak. That was another frustrating thing was knowing that God had given me a gift for communication mm-hmm. and for teaching. But so, and my mom would tell me this all the time; it would make me mad. Uh, but she would, but it was very wise. She would say, you know, uh, it, even though you can communicate well you communicate out of your life experiences. And so if you if you don't have that many, you just don't have as much to offer yet 
And she said, but but it'll catch up. One mm-hmm. day it'll catch up. You'll have more to offer people. And then the communication piece of it will, will already be there and, and it'll be good. But I was like, but I want to do it now, yeah. you know? And, um, and so I think that's important for people who do have that as their gifting to communicate, to just... I know it's hard. I know it's extremely hard, but be patient and wait. Your life experiences will catch up, and then you will have a wealth of experiences and knowledge and wisdom to communicate. And anyway, so in my young 20s, I I didn't have that, and I didn't have that opportunity, but Clayton, he did. He was having opportunity everywhere, and everybody was recognizing it and, and praising him for it, and I had a very hard time with that mm-hmm. um and and it, it turned out very ugly because i i couldn't be the support to clayton that he needed from his wife so i was resentful of the the praise and acknowledgement that he would receive instead of being his cheerleader and standing in his corner and um and so one of the most helpful books i read during that season was anonymous by alicia Sholey. yes that is such, a, such good book. a good book yeah and and god really spoke to me a lot through that to realize that being in a season of anonymity where no one really knows who you are or knows your gift you know at that point i was known as clayton's wife you know mm-hmm. and um and that that was hard for me but knowing that god uses those seasons to develop character, to develop foundation, and that it's needed. It's not just good, it's actually necessary for, um, for God to, to really build a strong, fruitful life off of. And so when I read that book and really um, began to let the, the principles from that book seep into my heart, then I started to see things change and, and shift, and, and it became all about trusting God, that God, I know you've got something for me. And I think the thing that we all have to learn, and even Jesus had to learn this, this is one of his temptations in, in the garden, right after he was baptized and started his ministry, was um, the need to not be um, swayed by the praise of man, but to know that you do what you do for the glory of God in that alone. And um, and I think having to walk through that season forced me to learn to not worry about the praise of man and not do things for the praise of man, but to do it knowing um, that it, it's what God's asked me to do and give mm-hmm. glory to him and know that he sees everything and, um, and will put things in place at the proper time. So, um, I mean, I can say now it's, it's not an issue. I mean, it, it really isn't. Um, I I love it when people come and praise Clayton, and, and and if they tell me when he's not around, I pass that along to him, and and my smile isn't forced anymore. It's <laughs> it's a genuine. I really love to hear people brag about my husband now, mm-hmm. and um and so I, I love that journey that that God has taken me on, um but it, it wasn't always that easy. Yeah. yeah, I think that's I think that can be true in just marriage in general. Yeah, um, I don't even know that the the husband or the other the other spouse if it may be. I don't know if husbands feel that about wives, but I can only speak yeah. as a wife. I felt that about Brian before. Like I am actually jealous of my husband. Yeah, Brian <laughs> is good at this. Brian is yeah. good at that. He can learn this. He has time for this, and I hate it so much. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, yeah, there's just so. that constant comparison, and yeah, I think I think men do it with their wives too. Um, it, it it's this you're you're so close to that person mm-hmm. you can't help but compare your, yourself yeah. to them isn't that weird it is weird because we're on the same team we're and you're one. supposed to be one I you're know. supposed to be one person <laughs> one. yeah so why am i 
dealing with this. Yeah, yeah. But once you, once you get to the point where you realize you can celebrate those things, mm-hmm. um, because you, you feel secure in your, your walk with the Lord and you're okay with the anonymity. I don't think people realize how much of a blessing that seat, those seasons, I'm yeah. not going to say it just happens once. I think we, we yeah, go it's in a cycle. and out of those you seasons. Do go in and out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That once you've gone through it and come out and have seen how important that season is. Yeah. You wouldn't trade it for anything yeah, on the back yeah, end. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Um, well, Ani, um, I played a game with Clayton when, when we oh, were on the podcast fun. and the game was that, um, I was going to count the three or maybe I counted down. doesn't really matter. But, um, we had to sing a song at the same time. Oh, um, and if it was no. the same song, we win. You I'm not going to make you sing. Okay. No, I was no. supposed to say you cannot play that <laughs> game with me. <laughs> That's not fair, Sue. Let's do a, um, let's do a topic though. And we'll say a word from okay, the topic. I can say a word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no math. Just words. <laughs> no math, no, no singing. No math, no singing. We can Just do words. words. Okay, so we've talked about um, the desire to be missionary. We've talked about um, children's ministry. And then your work at John Houston Homes um, and being a school teacher. So let's pick a topic and then okay. say a word from the topic. Like you want to do just like children in general. Okay. Um, working with children and say something that makes you think of working with children. <laughs> I really like dumb games. (laughs) (laughs) So we're both going to say a word that we think of when we think of working with children. children. Three, two. (laughs) We can't do this. Three, two, one. Goldfish. Bunny. (laughs) I forgot my word as soon as you started talking, but it was funny. Goldfish is a good one. Oh man. Uh let's see. Okay, hmm. we gotta get another word. Maybe we should just count down and trust that it'll happen. Three, two, one. Shoes. Toilets. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. I thought of diapers and then said shoes. <laughs> well, we haven't won the game because yet. On the any... shoes are always coming off their feet. Yes. Is that what you mean? Or untied. Yes. Yeah, um, or a knots, and you just can't get them off. All right, you want to okay. count us down for the last one? Okay. Mm. Um, hang on, I gotta think of what my two words. Oh, good. Ooh, me too. Okay. Um. All right. <laughs> Three, two, one. Soft-covered books. Wait, that's a that's three words. <laughs> Ani, I don't do mad books. You know the soft books? No, I don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah. You so mean like, like you can give the, them to your baby and the they baby. won't hit themselves on the okay. corner? Yes. <laughs> like the kind <laughs> that they chew on? Yes. Okay. What was it that you said? I don't even remember. Oh, biting. Because they're always, you always biting have soft a kid covered books. <gasps> we technically we won. It. We did it. Yes. And on that high note, guys, Thank you for listening to another episode of the Learn by Doing podcast. We hope it was a blessing to you. Ani, thank you so much. And we hope you join us again next week. Bye, guys.